1: Hey, this is Dr. Mark T. Wade, Chief Scaling Officer over at Hustle
2: & Scale. Hey, this is Brendan Kane, author of 1 Million Followers.
3: Hey, this is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports 1 Marketing and the Executive Producer and Host of Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch and The Playbooks.
2: And if you want to scale big. And if you want to learn how to explode your
3: network. if you want to learn
2: how to cultivate
1: relationships
2: at the highest level. You need to listen to Build Your Network. The Build Your Network podcast.
3: Build Your Network podcast.
2: With legendary host. My good friend. Travis Chappell.
0: Hey, what's up everybody, welcome back to the show. Today is going to be another topic episode on the show and we're actually restarting an old series taking some of the previous guests that we've had now since the older series stopped. So we're getting back into top networking tips. Obviously, this is the Build Network Podcast and the reason that you're listening to the show is that you want to expand your network and you want to know how to do that the right way. And so we're getting back into the top networking tips series. This is going to be part one in this series. And today we're featuring Mark Wade. Brendan Kane and David Meltzer. Mark has become a good friend of mine, actually. I met him through John Lee Dumas. He's one of John's neighbors down there in Puerto Rico. And uh, Mark is just a serial entrepreneur. He made a lot of money in the chiropractic space and uh, lived over in Spain for a while doing that, then moved down to Puerto Rico, and now is getting more into the online space. He's the creator of Virtual Summits Software, and uh, his whole goal is to enlighten people to the power of using virtual summits for growing their business. And he also now has the virtual summits podcast. Mark is a great dude, great friend, and has an amazing business mind. And he is a networker extraordinaire. So uh, you'll love some of the stuff that you're going to hear from Mark. And then we move into Brendan Kane, who has networked with literally some of the top people on the planet. And uh, he's done business with people like Katie Couric, Prince EA, Taylor Swift, even. And now he's the best selling author of the book, 1 Million Followers and he has so many people that he has within his own network. And so we hear from him on how to network better. And then we have David Meltzer, who is the CEO of Sports One Marketing. His business partner in that is an ex-NFL player, Warren Moon, and a lot of his clients have come through the power of building relationships with people. So top networking tips from these people are going to be some insanely valuable networking tips, and I cannot wait to share them with you. But first, really, really quickly, we have all heard the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Imagine being able to build out those top five people and personally select the caliber of people on that list. Literally nothing would be out of your reach if you could always fill that inner circle with the people that are crushing the thing that you're trying to crush. This was a mere dream to me just a couple of years ago, and now I can say I'm blessed to be able to carefully curate my circle with the people I want to be around the most, and now you can do the same thing. I recently created a training and community just for people who are interested in always being able to customize and fill their top five. It's called Explode Your Network, and it is everything that you need to know to exponentially grow your connections, level up your inner circle, and shorten your runway to success without annoying a single person or printing a single business card. Plus, it's attached to a community of like-minded people who are all interested in doing the same exact thing. So if any of this is important to you at all, you're going to want to be a part of this elite movement. Take action. Head over to travischappell.com slash explode to finally take control of your inner circle and shorten your runway to building the life of your dreams. And now here's top networking tips, part number one with Mark Wade, Brendan Kane, and David Meltzer. So we're talking a little bit off the recording. And we're talking about how you are just you thrive on networking, you thrive on building relationships. So this is kind of like a really easy transition into talking a little bit more about this. Can you talk about first of all, how important this is? And why, if someone's listening to this and they're still battling with like this whole, you know, do I spend time and energy and focus and do I spend money on this whole networking thing or do I spend it over here and put money into my business? Like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? What would be your advice to them? Why is networking so important? I mean,
1: my core value, I have multiple, but one of my core values is your net worth depends on your network. So for me, relationships and networking, I mean, maybe people look at networking and think like, Business transaction, maybe I don't even look at it like that. It's it's relationships. Yeah. Some relationships are deeper than others. Some are more superficial than others. But it's all relationships, and it's a value exchange, just like business, right? Most people don't think of it like that, and that's the problem. Yeah. If you don't look at relationships, like most people are like, I need to go make sales, which <laughs> you know, like,
0: Bro, that's like not going to happen unless I, you have I a relationship. Start, I want to start clapping and like give you a round of applause right now because literally, exactly what you're saying is the Entire purpose of my show is to get people to like stop thinking about it differently. Like, you're going to go to a bar with your buddies and you're going to network with people tonight. Like, that's what it is. You're just building relationships with people. That's all it is. You know what I mean? Like, people take it, they separate the two, right? Like, this is me like building relationships, having fun with my buddies. And then this is me going to a networking event, passing out my business cards and trying to get a book of business immediately right now on the spot. Talk about why that is something that will never work long term.
1: Well, I mean, just think of what you just said. One of those sounded like fun. Like, I want to go to a bar with my buddies and hang out, right? The other one sounded dirty. I'm like, I don't want to go to a networking event and hand out business cards, which I don't even have business cards, right? Like, that's most people try and expect to get, like, they look at networking like they have to get something out of it right there. Kind of, again, like a business transaction. Like I need to make the sale or something happen right now. Yeah. That's not how relationships work. It's about planting a seed and mm-hmm. then you have to give. You have to water that. And and my point of view is like I'm always planting seeds and watering them without ever knowing if I'm going to need the fruit that's going to come from that. But I would much rather have a plentiful garden, I guess if you could say, then not have any food at all when I need it. So I look at it with networking is it's about relationships. And the, there's a lot of people out there that are actually really good at making relationships and haven't even considered it like this. They don't know how to monetize or use those relationships in a positive way to improve their business or their life. Mm-hmm. And then you got the other side of it where you guys have all met somebody like that. They, they come up to you real quick and they want to get your business card. Or they want like, hey, look, can you add me on Facebook? And you instantly get that kind of put off feeling. You're like, man, like take a step back. Like, tell me who Yo. you are. <laughs> like let's find hobbies. Like what do you like? What do you do? You know? Right. So right.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with If you need higher? hire, you need indeed. Yeah. Do you have any stories of like awkward moments at an event at some time when somebody came up to you and like threw up their unique selling proposition like all over your you know, face when you were at a networking event or something? Yeah, man. Like,
1: <laughs> I can't remember specifically, but I'm actually, depends on how you want to look at this. Like, I look, you know, some people say, oh, you do that very well. I look at it as like, I'm ex military. I've got a thick skin and I kind of think everybody is kind of like that. So I've got this very lit, like no kind of limit. And so when, if somebody comes up to me and they're not offering any kind of value and there's nothing I can immediately see a value that I can offer to them, I'm quick to end the conversation and move on because I value my time and I am always networking. Like I am always relationship building. So if we're not spending time building a relationship, it's a waste of my time. My time is valuable. and I'm moving on. Also, I'm kind of strategic in a way that I I'm never just randomly networking. I always know there's people. I I know my surroundings, who's around me and where would be kind of networking up versus networking down. Like, I don't mean that to sound like in a a bad way, but your networking is like business, right? It it is what it is,
0: man. It is what it is. You know, like I always hate like, putting people on levels, but that's what it is. Like that's the yep. whole name of the game. Like if you don't get around people who are on a different level, well, first of all, if you don't realize what level you're on, if you don't have the self awareness to sit down and figure out like, Hey, I am just starting at this. I need some freaking help. You know what I mean? Like the first time I went out to Puerto Rico is like a perfect example. I had zero experience podcasting, zero experience making money online. So I paid a lot of money to go down to Puerto Rico and hang out with JLD for a couple of days because he's literally one of the best in the business. So someone that's on a way higher level than I was on, I wanted to get around to be around that person. So I know the timidity, timidity, is that a word? Timidus, yeah. The shyness yeah. that you're that you're feeling when you say like, I don't want to say it like that, but totally just feel free to say it like that because that's how it is.
1: Yeah. Well, the way I like to look at it is you're either adding value or you're not, right? And so let me actually clear the air on that because I love talking to everybody. I'm a talker. Like whoever it is, if you know the right strings to pull, I will chat with you for Hours, (laughs) so it's not about like I'm only looking up. But let me give you a good example from my experience. How you can be in probably one of the best ways to go about networking, especially if you are trying to network up. If you're trying to connect with an influencer that's that's higher than you. I was at a conference years ago. Now at this point, even before I had any success with any of my businesses online, I was still in the practice in the physical brick and mortar business, Mm -hmm. and I was at a conference. And Mark Victor Hansen was there, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, right? Mm-hmm. And he was one of the featured speakers. This, thing, this was one of those conferences that had like five or 6,000 people. And I was sitting at dinner in a restaurant at the hotel and it's the day before the conference. And sure enough, he walks in with his wife sits down at a table behind us. I'm sitting there with my girlfriend. I'm like, "Hey, it's Mark Victor Hansen." It's Mark Victor Hansen. I'm like, I want to talk to him. Like, and I'm like so nervous. This is, Mark, you know, Mark Victor right.
0: Hansen. This guy right. is a legend. Legendary it's... personal <laughs> development. Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. So I'm like, what like and of course I'm thinking of it at that moment, like this is a really good opportunity for me. This is, you know, like how much could he give me? Advice, knowledge, connections. Right. And then finally it was like, you know, no, that's the wrong way of thinking about. It. Let's just go introduce ourselves. He was it was the conference was in Italy. He's in Italy. He's American. Let's just go buy him a glass of wine. So we walked over there. He was literally in the middle of dinner, and we said, "Hey, I just want to introduce myself. You know, buying you a new glass of wine, say hello." And the way that we, so long story short, we ended up having the rest of his dinner with him and dessert. And about two bottles of wine. So two and a half, three hours later, we're still there with him. He takes us as one of his VIP for the rest of the conference. We got VIP access. He brought us with him behind stage. I actually, I'll share this picture with you later. We have a picture of us, me and my girlfriend with him and the other nine speakers that were speaking at the conference, just us. And he introduced us to all of them as his good friends. The way that happened is we sat down and we talked about shared and interesting knowledge, facts. I never once talked business with him, not once. I talked about, hey, where have you been in Italy? Oh, you like wine? Have you been to this place? I started telling him places. how long are you gonna be here for? They were going down to another city after the conference, started giving him suggestions and places he could go. So the point of this is I removed the influencer status because I had knowledge in areas that he didn't. Of course, It was no longer about who's the influencer, who's not. We were having a conversation on topics that we both enjoyed, So we connected. That's the fundamental point to it. You got to connect with people. And the way you do that is by talking on interesting things that they enjoy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Start being more real. Just like be an actual person. You know what I mean? Like people get in these situations and they just like freak out. And then it's like, then they do the opposite of that. And it's like, oh, uh, Mark for Jansen, uh, can I have a picture? You know? And it's like, okay, Sure. And even if they're a nice person, they take a picture with you, they talk to you for 10 seconds, and then it's like, all right, have a good night. You know, but yeah, because like, you
1: just put yourself into that level. You just exactly. put yourself as in like, oh, you're, you know, of course I got pictures. I got like five or six pictures with him. Yeah, It was not the After. first thing I asked <laughs> for.
2: Yeah. Right. yeah,
0: literally. So same exact thing happened with me uh, with Grant Cardone. When I first saw him, it was, at a, it was at a conference at Thrive when I was there with John in September in Vegas. And I was in the back because so I was selling journals for John and Grant walks into the room and there weren't a lot of people back there. There was probably like, there's like four or five people that went over to him, but most of the people were like, listening to the person that was speaking on stage. And so there's a bunch of people that went up to him. They were like, I saw people taking pictures with them. And I was like, this Grant Cardone. I could, I could just go talk to him real quick. And then I was just like, what am I going to be able to do, contribute or say right now that's going to differentiate me from the four other people that just went up and took a picture with them? And the answer was absolutely nothing. So I didn't do that. I just gave him like a little head nod and a wave like I would any other person that walks in the room. And then within that was September. And then in. March, I flew out to Miami and did an interview with him in person in his office talked to him for a little bit before the interview and after the interview. I've talked to him since then. And then I got a picture with him after I did the interview and we had a conversation and he already knew that I had a bunch of people that he knows, likes, trusts and respects on my show at that point. Like now it's a completely different relationship, right? It's a completely different situation. But people get in this like scarcity mindset where they think there's not enough time in the world. Like there is no chance I'll ever see this person ever again. So I have to seize the opportunity right now, but they don't have anything like valuable to add. So they're just like, do this word vomit and then ask to take a picture
1: (laughs) to make this like even on point with any, you know, with all the entrepreneurs out there, that's list building too. Like you can either go about list building and sales as transactional, or you can go about it as relationships. Now I know we've all heard that, but how many people actually implement that? Like if you're on my email list with hustle and scale, you're going to get these stories from me talking about, you know, like when I stepped off of, I fell off a paddleboard and got something jammed in my foot and was in the hospital because I thought I was going to lose my foot. Or when I jumped out of an airplane, like we're going to have communication. We're going to talk about stories. And within that, you know, you can communicate and talk about whatever your business goal or objective is. But if you're not building a
0: relationship with somebody, if there's no relationship, it's not going to continue what's up everybody just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite new podcasting app himalaya if you are not listening to podcasts on this app you are definitely missing out it's like a social media app but for podcast listeners follow your go-to shows like and comment on your favorite episodes and download professionally curated playlists made just for you so head on over to your app store or google play store download himalaya today and then thank me later that is a huge rabbit hole that we could probably dive into for a long time. So I want to kind of get back to more of your story. So how old were you when you started working at Lakeshore and how did you get involved with that kind of a prestigious company?
2: Yeah, so with Lakeshore Entertainment, I think I was 22 or 23 at the time and the the way that I got into that was my father, who was a corporate real estate attorney, actually knew the founder of Lakeshore because he was originally from Chicago, but and made a lot of money in corporate real estate and then decided he wanted to get into movies. So I got that connection that way. But the way that I started out and the way that anybody starts out in the entertainment industry, no matter who you are, is you start out at the bottom. So I started out as a PA, making coffee, creating copies of scripts, doing deliveries for people. So that's how I got in. But I started at the bottom floor and had to work my way up like everybody else.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So a connection is how you got in.
2: <laughs> just Everything funny I do, how that works out, yeah. Everything I do is connection based. It's that it's how I've had success over the course of my career is is just forging strong connections and providing value to those connections.
0: Yeah, can you kind of dive a little bit deeper into that, into what you just said? Like, tell us about a time when you did something like that that led you to a bigger moment of success.
2: Yeah. So first off, just at a conceptual high level, the only reason that I'm successful in connecting with celebrities, getting celebrity clients, major CEOs, or people they want to work with me is it just comes down to one word and it's just value mm. is how can I provide value to that other person? So okay. for example, people want to know, well, how did I get Taylor Swift as a client? So the way that actually happened was I was doing a joint venture with MTV at the time. So I was licensing technology to them and they the exactly that I was doing the deal with says, Hey, do you want to meet this young girl, Taylor Swift? And this was six or seven years ago. So I didn't really know who she was at the time. She was just, mm. Starting to uh, grow her career, yeah. Uh, so I said sure because I'm always open to meet new people, especially people that are talented in entertainment, music, or whatever facet of business that you're in. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through a pretty intense process to actually get the meeting with Taylor Swift. So the way it went is, I first met with the manager, had to convey the value to the manager in the terms that he understood of how we could benefit Taylor. Then I had to meet with the father, convey the value to the father, communicate and connect with him. Then I had to meet with the mother do the same process over. And then finally I was able to sit down with Taylor. And by that time I was able to piece together the stories from each of those individuals, from the manager, the father and the mother of the way to talk to Taylor, what was interesting to her, what was valuable to her. And mm-hmm. what I saw is that she was what, well, first off what few people realize is that she grew her fan base one by one herself. She was very hands-on. Like mm-hmm. she didn't have a huge record label. She didn't have millions of dollars in marketing budget. So I knew she was very hands-on and I knew they had a big problem. And the problem was at the time that they had a website, a Taylor Swift official website that was written in flash code and would take up to 48 hours to make a change. And she couldn't dynamically change anything. So I had built a platform at the time that literally you could start from a blank white screen and drag and drop anything on the screen and create a brand new website. So literally in the meeting with her, I had built a website in less than a few hours, a brand new one. And I showed her how she could drag and drop anything on the screen. And I knew that that was going to get her creative juices flowing. So I went in with a compelling story to her of how I was going to provide value to her. And again, how I was providing value to the manager, how I was providing value to the father, how I was providing value to the mother, because that's the only way that you close those types of deals, those big deals, because anybody at that level, they're getting approached a hundred times a day and they're getting approached from the mindset of how can I get something out of this person versus how can I give something to this person? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man, that's, um am glad, glad we're finally able to connect on the show, man, because that is literally everything that this podcast stands for is, look, the bottom line is connections are what allow us to capitalize on all of the things that we've learned and grown in in our entire life. So you need to be competent, you need to have skill sets, you need to have knowledge, you gotta, you gotta have the what, but the who is what allows you to capitalize on those things. And somewhere out there, there's somebody that is probably worse than you are at what you do but getting paid more for cooler opportunities because they know the right people. And so the real way to network, and then that's why the show was built is, is that I saw that there, that it's undeniably important to build a network and to grow your inner circle. But, and so many people avoid doing that because they have this fear that they're going to become that guy that just annoys everybody in their phone book. And when he calls or texts, you know he wants something. So there's so many people doing it the wrong way. So they either just don't do it at all or they go way too far to the other side and become networking Ned um, is what I call him. But there's a happy medium in the middle where you build real relationships with real people and you come from a genuine place of adding value to others without the expectation of receiving anything in return. And that to me is right in the sweet spot. Can you talk into that for a second,
2: Brennan? Yeah, I agree 100% with everything that you just said. To avoid... And I hate the term networking. The reason I hate the term networking is because there's such a negative connotation to it Mm -hmm. because there's so many people out there that are doing it wrong. I look at networking as building relationships. So any situation that I go into... How am I going to provide value to this person? Not how am I going to extract something out of them? So any situation I go into, I try and understand who is this person? What do they need? How do I need to convey a message to them? How can I provide the most value through either a product or service or just being a genuine person to them and giving them strategic advice or support in any way, shape or form? So I always go into this situation first, understand who are you talking to? Who is this person? What are they feeling right now? What are they going through? Hmm. And then once you can have an understanding of what they're about, then you can speak to them in a way that you can offer value, or then you can speak to them in a way that your product or service can offer value. So one of the biggest issues I see in business development and sales, and I've had a lot of success in that that world, is most people are going from the standpoint is how do I sell you my product or service versus how do I actually provide value through my product or service? And it may I sounds something that's very similar, but it's completely two different approaches. Like at this point in my career, I never walk into a meeting with a deck. I never walk into a meeting with a presentation because that just gets you uh, confined in a small box of how you're presenting yourself, how you're presenting your value instead of really understanding who you are. Mm. One of the other biggest mistakes that I see people make is they spend 90% of the time talking and only 10% of the time listening. And when they're listening, they're actually thinking about what they're going to say next. Versus people will tell you when they're in a meeting with me, sometimes people think I'm spacing out because I will just literally take everything in and I won't say something unless I have something valuable to say. And I just, that was instilled into me very early on by my father that always said, think before you speak. And I think that that's a lesson that everybody could take away from split that paradigm on its head instead of speaking 90% of the time, listen 90% of the time, you'll have a tremendous impact of when you walk into the room and understand who somebody is, and then be able to articulate value to that person. And it forges these, these really strong connections because you're doing the opposite of a majority of people out there in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, man. I've had so much stuff to say on that. First of all, when you went back to when you said, I don't like the term networking because it has so many negative connotations. And then you said, I like to look at networking as relationship building. That is literally what I try to teach people on a daily basis is that people tend to segment those two things, like compartmentalize, like, well, if I go to the networking mixer at the cocktail lounge, that's networking. But if I go to Buffalo Wild Wings with a couple of my friends, that's not networking. Like that's just building relationships with people. The thing is, it should be the same the problem is that when people go to a networking mixer they treat it like an in-person cold calling event like you're there to sell your product on the first point of contact since that's like ever a thing <laughs> you know like the only the only time i've ever done that was when i was doing a bunch of door-to-door sales and that's a totally different context than a networking mixer and so stop looking at networking you know people look at them like they're two separate occasions instead of just treating everybody that they meet like a regular person and just being there for people and looking for ways to add value and building relationships with people instead of quote unquote, networking. That was like the biggest thing that I took away from what you were just talking about. But there's so many other points that I'm sure we could really dive into. It seems like there is a lot of masterful relationship building that's happening during some of these bigger deals that you've been able to put together and not like we talked about in a manipulative way, but in a value add sort of way, which is why you've been able to have a long term career, right? Because if you come in and you might be a good negotiator, quote unquote, but then you don't lead with value, you don't offer value and you don't give that value after the deal is struck, then your career is going to be pretty short lived regardless. So you've been able to make this into a very long and very successful. Career with multiple different industries, facets, and all these different things that you've been able to put together. Can you kind of talk to us about a couple of your top, since this is the Village Network podcast, top relationship building tips? Maybe your top advice for that?
3: Oh, of course. So, number one, there's two questions to build a relationship. One, start with how can I be of service? Provide value. Two, ask for help. Do you know anyone that can help me with this? If you load yourself with those two questions, and connect to people on emotion for logical reasons, you can build a network. And then in order to maintain that network, those relationships, very simply look at things with the perspective of being kind to your future self. Don't worry about the present, but provide value for the future. Put faith in the future. Don't put faith in the past.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that right there sums up basically everything we talk about on the show. (laughs) You got to add value and you got to think long-term. Like those two things have to be involved in your relationship building process or else you're just doing it the wrong way and probably for the wrong uh, reasons. Dave, this is a question that I ask every single person that comes on the show. So I am really stoked to get your take on this. Um, It goes a lot of different directions with a lot of different people. So do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important. And why?
3: <laughs> so I actually believe who you know is more important than what you know. And then, let me explain why. If who you know can give you opportunities even if you don't know what. Meaning I've seen people that know me, they don't know what, but then they learn what. If sometimes if you know what you know, but there's no one to help you, the who then you never have an opportunity to not only execute on what you know, but learn more of what you know. Where somebody that has the who has the ability to learn the what and execute on the what.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's, I mean, I just want to stand up and start clapping right now, man. That's uh, so, so much about what we talk about here is something I always tell people is there's, there's probably somebody out there. There's definitely somebody out there doing what you want to do. That's not as good as you are but has the opportunity just because they know people. So if you limit yourself by just saying, you know what, if I'm just really good at this, I'll be able to get all the opportunities, that might be true to a certain extent, but knowing the people could provide opportunity, which will then allow you to learn the skill or master the craft at exponential rates comparatively to what you would have been able to do by yourself. Is that basically what you're saying?
3: absolutely yeah it it can be taken the wrong way right because you don't want people to think you know this is a very closed world it's only who you know because it's so easy to ask for help and make your own who's and people take it instantly in a scarce regard that oh i gotta be in the the inside inside circle Look, let me just tell you this i was born with a single mom that was a substitute teacher in akron ohio I went to a college with 1,500 people. I didn't come from a ton of money or know a ton of people. I don't have senators and governors in my family. What I did was ask for help, learn and execute on the what, and made a name for myself where now today at 50 years old, I'm now one of the who's, uh, which makes me feel really good because it gives me the power to help others as well.
0: Having as much influence as you've now been able to earn throughout your entire career by all the value that you've offered to people, is there a way in particular that really just rubs you the wrong way when people try to connect with you?
3: Yeah, you know what uh, rubs me the wrong way is when people aren't honest. It's really funny because I've gone through a transition in my life where what really bothered me was when people oversold, back-end sold, manipulated and the reason it bothered me most at that time was because I was overselling back and selling, manipulating, and even lying. I used to dislike my own father because of it, because he was an extraordinary salesman, but was born and raised in, on the kind of manipulative type of selling. And the reason I disliked him or even hated him so much is because it's what I hated about myself. As I matured, it's just a turnoff to me. It's, you know, it's not something that I put judgment or conditions on. It's just an immediate turnoff with so many different companies with the funds that I have in the TV show and the podcast, when people are blowing smoke up my backside or manipulating me, you know, it's just an immediate turnoff. And like I said earlier, right don't negotiate till last penny, always be fair, and don't do business with dicks. It's an immediate off that I would not like to do business with me, with those people.
0: So let's break it down here and make it really easy. If somebody is just now tuning in and they're about to tune out and they have this one minute to really get some value here, besides the things that we've already talked about, what would be your number one piece of advice for somebody to network
3: better? I really have a simple matrix of networking and it's a guaranteed success. There's four ways of the network, in person, on the phone, via email, and media, which is social media, advertising, traditional TV, radio, print. What people don't understand within the context of those four things, you need to, number one, ask the two critical questions, which is, how can I be of service? And two, do you know anyone that can help me? And then the second component to asking is attracting. So if you get into the consistent habit of every day, in person, on the phone, via email, or media asking those two questions and then learning how to connect emotionally to someone for logical reasons to attract the business or networking to you. That simple matrix of those eight different things will draw more business and take your business from The offensive, where you're looking for business, to the defensive, where you don't have enough time to handle all the business that you have.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's got to be a really cool flip, right, to uh, go from being desperate for business to having too much business. (laughs) Probably what everybody's really going for, I I would assume.
3: Yeah, I know. It's a really nice flip as well. And then my main focus is being on the defensive is building the downline to handle all the business that I can't handle. And so now I'm just consistently making a percentage off of people referring the business that I can't do, whether it's speaking engagement, T V, radio, coaching, all the different areas or just other areas of business development that I'm not involved
0: with. Mm, right, right, right. What do you think, besides of the things that we've already talked about, what do you think are the three most important skills? That someone should be focused on developing in 2019 and
3: onward. I actually think there's four skills. Uh, One is gratitude. Two is forgiveness. Three is accountability, and the fourth is effective communication, which includes being able to connect, inspire you, and allow it to come through. You appreciate, add value, to give to others, to inspire them. If you focus in on those four things, you will be extremely successful, whatever you set your mind, your intention and attention to.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapelcom hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping